0: Come Leon Stay Pop. I'm the lyrical gangster. We got the two in our area. Still have it like that. No, no, we don't die. Yes, we multiply. Anyone press will hear the valet sing. Act like you know.
1: Welcome. to under the hoodies. That is Cody De Nicola I am Bill Keagle great to be joined by everyone that is listening, which after getting our numbers is a lot more people than we thought. So uh, that's great news. Um, But first, I have to ask Tony, how's it going?
2: Dude, it's going pretty good, man. Uh, I've been working a lot lately. And uh, I wanted to tell you guys last week, but I had a fun and interesting uh, story. Uh, Bill and I both, we work in the area of deliveries. And when you're out on the road, you'll see quite a few things. And I know we've talked a few stories in the past, and Bill can attest to it. But, uh, you know, I, am I wrong in saying this, Bill? You will see some stuff out on the road.
1: Yes, you will see a lot of weird stuff. You'll see um, you'll see people in their startled state sometimes. But, yeah, um, oh yeah. Yeah, but uh, what did you see?
2: Well, I, I like to mess with people. I like to make the day fun and interesting. And, you know, this day I happen to be riding up north, up like in the boonies up by Watertown north of Syracuse. And uh, I was riding with Dan the Man, and uh, I, you know, I've ridden with him before. Uh, we did this route, and we went to a uh, senior apartment complex. And you know, as a delivery guy, one of the most aggravating things is trying to get into a building that's locked down. So you know, you try to get a hold of person, you go up to the little keypad thing and buzz on their door. And of course, nine times out of ten, you buzz on said person's door and they don't answer. So Dan and I are standing outside. He's like, you know, we got to get in here. You know, we got to get a hold of her. I was like, I'll tell you what, here's what I'll do. I proceeded to hit every single button that was on that keypad. I must have rang 25, 30 apartments at a senior home. So next thing you know, the door clicks and you know we get in and you could just hear these old people and the, the speaker like, oh, hey, what's going on? Who's here? Yeah, hello, is that my grandson? So we walk inside the building and we can hear them on the intercom talking to each other. They can hear each other through it. So they're arguing with each other, like, oh, Harold, is that you? Hey, Mildred, is that my grandson? He don't know who's here for me. So Dan and I get inside. We split up. I take the bottom apartments. He takes the top. And every single old person is just outside in the hallway trying to figure out what's going on. They're, You know, they have nothing but time on their hands. They're just waiting to die. And they just have to see what's going on. Who's in the hallway? Who just came in the building? Hey, is my grandson? What's going on? Hey, it's not even my birthday. He's coming to visit me. This is great. And then just to the look at disappointment as they see, oh, it's just the water guys. You know, nothing's going on. But, you know, we do our deliveries. We get out of there in like five minutes. We're walking out the door and these old people are still on the intercom, arguing and talking with each other, trying to figure out what's going on. Hey, Hey, hey Mildred. what are you doing later? Maybe I'll pop a couple of Viagras and I'll come on over. Oh, Harold, you're so risky. Why why don't you come over and lift up my knickers? Yeah, that's that's basically how the conversations went as we left. It, It was pretty entertaining. You
1: know STDs uh, run rampant through retirement homes, and that's not even a joke or a bit. That's actually, I guess, no, true. That's it's pretty legitimate. True. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of weird. Um,
2: I wish we had that soundbite for the the more you know thing because I feel like we're teaching the audience right now. But yeah, it's you get like a, a decent looking sixty year old guy in there who doesn't need a walker, and he's just he's cleaning up with those old biddies. Yeah.
1: It's one of those things that I, I just—it's one of those human nature things. You get a bunch of people in a uh, in a building, a confined space, and they're in their you know in a room by themselves, or maybe with a with a with a one battle buddy, and it turns into a goddamn orgy. I don't understand like wh- how or why human beings are wired this way. And I could tell you, man, it wasn't like that quite so much in basic training, but in AIT, which is uh, where you go, you know, after basic training, but before you get your act actual active duty assignments, or I guess duty assignments just in wherever you're going, guard, reserves, or whatever, that place turned into a, uh, it it just, man, it was just all over the place because we were given sort of unprecedented freedom for the military, and uh, I mean, hotel parties, barracks parties, it was... Everything was game on and very similar to when I was at Cedar Point and we were sort of living in these dorms and obviously college dorms get like this too. But yeah, when we were living in, uh, when I worked at Cedar Point in, uh, in, uh, Sandusky, Ohio, um, for all the people in this area, you're definitely familiar with the America's rock and roller coast, which Tony and I will be going to amongst others, uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks, which I'm looking yes, forward excited. to, but yeah, I used to yes. live in the, uh, dorms, which were called Cedars. And, um, I had a, one other buddy that was, uh, that I was rooming with and, uh, um, let me just tell you, man. That place, I, there was blisters on the walls. Like it was, it got kind of gross in there, and I didn't partake in any of that grossness of some of the stuff that I heard that was going on. But, uh, but it was, uh, it definitely got a little rough. I actually got to tell you about a time too there when I was, um, I was in the hallway, and there's, you know how there's always this, there's always the one dude with the acoustic guitar who is the worst oh, person that on the guy. planet, acoustic uh, that guitar douchebag. guy. Oh, acoustic that guitar douchebag. guy. The only time and I've ever and The tricks got...
2: flock to him. It works, man. Oh, my God.
1: It. Well, he had his acoustic guitar out and he's just sitting in the hallway playing. Really, no one no one in the hallway. He's just in the hallway playing. Why? Well, he can't go to his room and start playing. Anyway, so he had his guitar thing open, and I thought as a joke, it'd be hilarious if I just, you know, grabbed all the change in my pocket and just tossed it in there. Well, apparently he didn't take too kindly to my joke. He got <laughs> up, he pushed me in the back. It's the only time I've ever been pushed in the back, and I like sort of fell forward or whatever. And but I couldn't stifle my laughter enough to actually do anything or respond physically. But it was just so funny. And I'd imagine it's even more agitating when you're trying to inflict physical harm and uh, the person is just laughing hysterically. So uh, yeah. See but-
2: what you should have done when he pushed you. You should have grabbed that guitar right out of his hands. Gone two thousand WCW Jeff Jarrett and just come. Couple- mm-hmm bonged it right over his skull
1: well i didn't want to commit any property damage i mean i would have not been held liable uh for any for any damage um unless i did that so i didn't know what i was laughing too hard because it was i was really proud of my uh really really shitty joke
2: yeah and i can't judge guitar guy too much because you need to use the tools that are in front of you you know like i just bought this house and it came with a hot tub which is awesome i'm becoming hot tub guy I'm like, hey, you know, I'm single, you ladies want to come back to my place, I got a hot tub, like, you use what's in front of you, use the tools that you have, so I can't fault that guy too much.
1: No, I can't either, it is funny though, I was uh, deployed with a, uh, w- we'll say he ran for uh, a relatively high-ranking political seat in um, in a state, in a, in this great country, and um and it's funny because on his Facebook, there's a lot of, you know, this generic white family pictures like his family basically look like and I'm telling you, this guy was actually super nice and this is not trying to be disparaging, but he was just the most apple pie eating white guy ever. And uh, his family looked like one of the families that come in like the picture frames when you buy it from the from the frame store. That's what his oh, family yeah. look
2: like. But this guy,
1: <laughs> this guy used to tell me about all how much he got laid with his acoustic guitar. Um, oh, and then God. I swear to God, not three years later, this dude's running for political office, a pretty high ranking, uh, pretty high ranking state position, uh, for, uh, for a state in the, uh, Southeast, um, a few years back. And it was, uh, it was pretty funny. And I'm like, wow, yeah. that guy's like shaking hands and taking all those generic political pictures. And, uh, he, uh, was just telling me how that guitar got him a ton. I'm not going to use his verbiage on this because even though this is an explicit episode, um, somebody that might like me might be listening and might be offended by, uh, my quoting him, but how he said it was, uh, pretty offensive. I, you know what, if you want to hear some of the words that he used, go listen to, uh, too short, any too short album from the early nineties, um, specifically cocktails. Uh, yeah. And, uh, so yeah, that some of the words he used was, were also used by, uh, too short.
2: That sounds like a typical politician though. Let's preach morality but let's not practice it. You know and, what? Uh, I don't
1: think he was stepping out on his wife though, and he's the nicest guy on the planet. He was just funny when he broke up the acoustic guitar and basically how yeah. you know, he used it uh to woo the ladies at whatever college he went to.
2: It's funny how you mentioned that, um, how he looked like the family looked like the people in the picture frames. Because, yeah. you know, like, I've got this house and I've got a, you know, I'm trying to furnish it step by step. And, like, I need to put some stuff up on the walls because they're very bare. I was thinking about buying those picture frames and just leaving the original picture in them. So people come over to my call. house and be like, oh, yo, is that your uncle or who's that family? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Game of the frame. You Yeah. I and then
1: I, my first question would be, like, where'd you find white linen pants for a four-year-old?
2: Yeah, or that- I need to get a bunch of pictures of just, like, a black family and just, like, let people try to put the pieces together.
1: See if anybody asks you about it, just, it'd just be like, oh, yeah, those are cousins. Yeah, um, that's, that's
2: my cousin, Dikembe Mutombo. Uh, no, 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 not today, my friend.
1: I do like the fact that he talks exactly like Cookie Monster. Um you know what? We're almost 10 minutes in. We haven't said a damn thing about sports, except for Dick of Mutombo. So, real quick, too. Before, That's why I threw it in there. It's a know, reference. I know. I know it is. Real quick, I have a funny thing from Allen Iverson that I want to uh, read real quick. I, I will oh, forget yes, if we please. did this by the end of the show. So, amazing. Allen Iverson denies a claim made by a former teammate that he occasionally spent $40,000 at a strip club when he was a 76er. Allen Iverson says, and I quote, First of all, it was like $9,000 at most, and there were never any strippers at the TGI Fridays on City Line unless I brought them. Sometimes I brought a bunch. I suppose in those cases, yes, the bill can end up to $40,000 because they didn't have endless appetite. They didn't have the endless appetizer thing back then. So I love that in the middle of him denying the claim, he confirms it. It's so yeah. it's such a great it's almost like the Rick James quote from uh Chappelle show. It was like, Come on, I got a little more sense than that. What am I gonna do? Go Eddie Murphy's house and grind my feet all over his couch? Come on, man, I got more sense than that.
2: Yeah, I remember grinding I my athletes. feet on Eddie Murphy's couch. I wish more athletes would do this where they're just unapologetic. I make a ton of money, women are throwing themselves at me, and I just I have fun with that I do it. Like, you know, I, I feel like my equivalent would be like, you know, I'm gonna take some uh, back-page hookers over to Moe's. Like, that's the best I can do in that situation.
1: Yeah, I understand. Um, All right, so we are going to talk this episode about the NBA, the the NFL draft. And uh, just a couple, you know what, we're we're schmucks. We don't watch a lot of college football, so you don't go to this show. For one, if you're going to this show to get your in-depth sports knowledge, you're in the wrong place. All right, this this is more of a... Average Joe on the couch, scratching his nuts, watching TV, and this
2: is what we see. So these are all just opinions. having fun with it, calling out stupid GMs like the one for the Cleveland Browns, you know. Fun stuff like that.
1: Well, I actually think he's going—I think the new regime they have there I kind of like. Paul D. Podesta is actually sort of—I mean, there's no way that the Cleveland Browns don't make the Brock Osweiler trade— Without him there, that is such a Moneyball yeah. move. And if ever, yeah. if people are not sure who Paul De Podesta is, he is the godfather of uh, Moneyball. I mean, Billy Bean used his methods. Billy Bean's always the one associated with Moneyball, but the real guy behind Moneyball is Paul De Podesta, who uh, took his talents from Major League Baseball to the National Football League, and actually was hired by the Cleveland Browns and is now working hand in hand with their GM Sashi Brown and their head coach Hugh Jackson. So. You know what? it'll be interesting to see what the Browns do, and that's actually where we're going to start, Tony. We're going to start with the Cleveland Browns, and um, the uh, all but unanimous number one pick in this draft is Miles Garrett. He's an yes. edge rusher. He is Von he's Miller. A game changer. He's a game changing edge rusher, rusher with uh, an immense amount of talent. Um, just size, speed. Just he's the total package from what you want from an outside ed- yeah. edge rusher for a guy his size. One of the-
2: He's one of the three parts of the tripod in the National Football League that you need. You need a franchise quarterback, protect your quarterback, get to the other team's quarterback. Yes. He's one of those three pieces. Like, yep. that's locked down for sure. You got it. That's the first step to Cleveland building toward being competitive.
1: Yep, exactly. So... um I think they're out of their skull if they don't take them. I don't know if there's a quarterback necessarily yeah. in this draft worth drafting with the number one overall pick. And if you think that that quarterback is out there, the Browns should definitely draft him, right? They yeah. should one thousand percent draft him if they think that you know Mitch Trubisky is worth the first round or first overall pick. But they also have the twelfth pick. They can also trade up if they want. But I'm yep. sure one of these quarterbacks will fall to them or maybe just wait till next year to get a quarterback. I mean, see just just trot Brock Osweiler out there, you're not winning the Super Bowl this year. You're not making the playoffs this year. The Ravens got significantly better. The Steelers are always tough, and Cincinnati is a little bit down, but they're still better than you. So,
2: yeah. Get by at least Garrett. Cleveland in their favor, they have so many picks. They have so much leeway, so much flexibility. That they could take multiple shots at a quarterback. If it doesn't work this year, go again next year. And yeah, we talk about this is a really weak quarterback class, let's be honest. None yeah. of these guys, I think, are worth a mid to even late first round pick. But at the end of the day, like, you got to think as the individual, think of these teams. How much is that quarterback worth to you? Mm-hmm. To Cleveland, it's worth almost everything. But yeah, if they draft him number one, they're they're just they're fools, they're out of their minds. But like you said, they got the first and the twelfth pick. They've their GM's been on the phone with teams, a bunch of teams, three teams in the top eight to trade back up. You know, Carolina the New York Jets, and um, the Tennessee Titans. You know, just be smart. Take Miles Garrett number one, see how the chips fall. You know, if San Francisco takes Mitch Trubisky number two, which apparently, you know, um, Shanahan and Lynch are in love with him, you never know. If they take him number two, then you might have to trade back into three or four and get the quarterback. There may be a run on quarterbacks early, but if San Fran passes on him, you may be able to wait till like, the Jets pick at six and trade up to get him. Just... You know, just weigh all your options and be smart. But if they take him number one, they're absolutely crazy, and San Fran will just they'll fall head over heels and they'll take Miles Garrett. They'll be so you know beyond ecstatic.
1: Right, and I'll be honest with you, we'll we'll jump into the Niners now. I don't think the Niners are going to take a quarterback. I think they're going to roll with Brian Hoyer. I mean, they are on
2: yeah
1: the the new if they're the, smart the new regime in San Francisco are on six year contracts. There's no real hurry up win now thing with them like there is for Hugh Jackson, especially at this point, his second year. But yep. the Browns, I mean, might as well be your 20th year. Um, but I, I don't think there's much of a I don't think there's much of a concern. I mean, there's no team. I mean the Browns the Browns even have some positions that are fortified. Like their offensive line is pretty good. Um, you know, they have some they have a couple guys on defense, you know, whatever, whatever. But yeah. the 49ers are Secondary a secondary's decent. Right. The 49ers are a team that needs everybody everywhere they have nothing they're the worst team in yeah. the league they're the worst roster in the league um so that, I don't that necessarily... cupboard is
2: bare that, that bare cupboard, cupboard is extremely like bare. Mine when i moved into this new house like there's nothing there right like, there they fill everything
1: i mean there's barely a cupboard there so john lynch and uh mike shanahan are uh what did i say kyle shanahan why say mike shanahan. kyle yeah kyle shanahan are um you know, they're starting from scratch, which is actually a good position to be in because yeah. this is your baby. You can mold this chunk of just shit clay and, and turn it into something, you know, that, that could be a, could be a winner. I mean, Kyle Shanahan has a specific idea of what he needs from a quarterback. Best case scenario is what he had with uh, Kirk Cousins and even better case scenario is with um, uh, Matt Ryan, obviously last year. So, I don't think they necessarily have to go after a quarterback because there's a good possibility. They're picking in the top three again next year. And next year's quarterback class with Josh Rosen and Matt... Um and uh, uh, Sam Darnold, if he comes out, I mean, so is much better. Very, more, very much more robust. So, although I think it would be an absolute mistake for Sam Darnold to come out next year, I think he needs to stay in college um, and develop because he's, he's definitely a mega talent, but he's so very raw, and I think he could take the uh, Andrew Luck route there. So, I don't know, man. I don't know about the Niners. I, I don't think they're going to take a quarterback. I think they'd be crazy, too. I think that there's a guy like... Um, uh, I mean, I I doubt Miles Garrett gets to them, but it I think there's a guy like Thomas, Jonathan Allen. You Stanford. know, he's another fort- he could fortify your. Uh... Say that again.
2: I was going to say Solomon Thomas out of Stanford the DN.
1: Yeah, exactly. Great pass rusher. Yeah, there's a lot of guys um there that uh that they could take. I mean, they I, I think I think they really should focus on defense. Kyle Shanahan's offensive scheme is definitely good enough to um you know, to, to at least move the ball for sure, especially with marginal talent in there. So, um I think they'd be best serving themselves by going with a guy like uh like like you said Solomon Thomas, Jonathan Adams, or excuse me, Jonathan At. Uh, Jonathan Allen and Jamal, Or Jamal Adams The safety from LSU um, yeah. But I mean I read a lot of mock drafts that actually have them Taking Fournette Which to me is um, Which is an absolute mistake
2: mm. I, Yeah I Like we said The cupboard is bare You know Build from the inside out You You need to Build the foundation Before you get to All these skill position players And especially quarterback Don't reach Like Build everything around him Get everything together Get the offensive line And then get the quarterback Like they're, uh, I don't know. I, I feel, I think San Fran's smart though. I think they know they need a ton. Worst case scenario too, maybe someone falls in love. Let's say, I, I mean, you know, if Miles Garrett slips to them, I would definitely take him at number two. But let's say Cleveland does something crazy or somebody, you know, really wants to move up, trade back, get more picks. That's never a bad thing to do.
1: Right, no, I agree with you 100%. Um, And... Uh... So, okay. Another interesting team are the Tennessee Titans. Um, the Tennessee Titans are picking fifth. Um, I mean, we don't really... I mean, we're we're definitely jumping around a little bit here. Um, the Tennessee Titans are picking fifth. I mean, they're a team that can move all over, but there's also some potential guys that could follow them. The aforementioned Solomon Thomas, I think, could really shore up their defense a little bit because um, I think their roster, top to bottom, is actually really impressive. Uh, they, I mean, they could definitely use some receiver help, some playmaker stuff, but that's a that's a playoff team this year to me. And uh, I think getting a guy that that can yeah. affect your defense, I, I think. Um, you know, I'll ask Solomon Thomas or Jonathan Allen if he falls to him, or the safeties, or uh, I mean, this is a pretty robust year for cornerbacks, which they can also use. I mean, they just cut Jason McCordy and um, I don't know if Denoris Searcy is going to uh, is. I mean, I don't know how effective he's going to be as your uh, best guy back there, but but I really like uh, I really like the position that they're in too. And man, for a team that just barely missed the playoffs, they have the fifth pick. I don't know. I'll, I don't know how hard the uh, the Rams are slapping themselves, but um, it should be really hard because uh, I just don't. I don't know. I don't think they're picking in the first round, and that's a team that could really, really use a first yeah. round pick because um, the cupboard outside of Aaron Donald and Robert Quinn is extremely bare.
2: Yeah, Tennessee's in a great position, much like Cleveland. They got the fifth and the 18th pick, and like we were talking about earlier, if Cleveland wants to move up. Say that, you know, they want to take uh, Mitch Trubisky at number five from Tennessee, you know, trade them your 12th pick. Now Tennessee has a 12th and the 18th pick in the first round, plus get Cleveland's second round pick, and Tennessee can just build up that roster. Like, they could get a bunch of, you know, get a safety, get a corner. Like, I mean, Tennessee's in a great position. Like, you got to be envious of them. They have a lot of good pieces. They have their franchise quarterback. They've got playmakers, and they have picks to play with. I mean, they're, they're in a great situation.
1: Yeah, they absolutely are. Um, another team that actually was very smart trading up is the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, and I actually think that's where um, I think that's where uh, uh, Williams from uh, Clemson is going to go if he if he makes it past Buffalo um, or even Cincinnati. Cincinnati's another team that could really use some uh, offensive skill. Uh, skill yeah, skill position guys, um, because I think their offensive offense really suffered um, with AJ Green being the only guy, and him always he's good for about two to three games a year um, uh, being out for because he, he just he gets nicked up or you know and, and that's yeah that's a lot of guys that are that tall that lanky who go up for the ball a lot they get they get hit low a lot so it's understandable but I mean they they also have, they have Marvin Jones Jr. and Muhammad Sanu. That's with AJ Green as a phenomenal receiving core, uh, on top of uh, having uh, Tyler Eifert as your uh, as your as your tight end. I mean, that's a lot of weapons for Andy Dalton, and I think Andy Dalton. I I know a lot of people you know criticize him or whatever, but I think he really got exposed last year um, when he had just one guy to throw to and not being able to overcome that lack of skill position that he's so used to in the NFL.
2: Yeah, I. I'm just looking through the list of like talent available, man, and the top ten is going to be so much fun. I feel like there's going to be a bunch of trades. People are going to fall in love with guys and move up. I mean, just look at some of the defensive talent. Jamal Adams, the safety from LSU. Malik Hooker, the safety from OSU. Uh, Solomon Thomas, Reuben Foster, you know, Miles Garrett. Like, th- this is a very deep draft for defense, it looks like. But right. quarterbacks, not so much. I just... I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting. It can go so many different ways. You just don't know how the dominoes are going to fall. And I just feel like there's a run on one position or one trade. I it's That domino effect going to take over. Things are just going to go haywire. It's mm-hmm. going to be must-see TV tomorrow night. Or not tomorrow night, Thursday night.
1: Yeah. Um, all right, let's jump, let's jump back up to the Jets. I just don't see a situation.
2: J-E-T-S,
1: here. Jets, Jets, Jets. We're like S-H-I-T, shit, shit, shit. Because that yeah. team is terrible. Um, they, yeah. I think, the they only need. thing that saves them from being the worst roster in the league is uh, is, is two words: Muhammad Wilkerson. And uh, well, Leonard Williams is pretty good too. And uh, Sheldon Richardson, if that guy even had half a brain to uh, stuck in his head, I think he could be a really, really effective player. He might be a Dallas Cowboy at some point, by the way. Which you know, um, I'd actually like for you guys because yeah. the guy's a mega talent. He's just an idiot, but. That being said, um, I just don't see a scenario in which if Mitchell Trubisky is there, that the Jets don't take him. I just don't see it.
2: Um, yeah, I, I can't see him lasting the six.
1: No, me either.
2: I, I think... Or or maybe Cleveland moves up and just sweetens the pot like crazy for the Jets. It gives them an offer they can't refuse. I don't, apparently, they're in love with that dude. I, I don't understand why. I don't think he's that good, but Cleveland's like head over heels for him. Trubisky... Yeah, I don't understand how that
1: works because he never he didn't he didn't start in college like that. That's something that's extreme. Or he didn't start until his senior year of college. That's extremely bizarre. Yeah, I think he's got in like a very twelve games. Weak, yeah, for a very weak football program, uh, for you know a traditional basketball powerhouse, it's just odd to me that he couldn't figure out a way to start. Especially being a five star recruit. I mean, that's it's so bizarre. Um, yeah. So. I don't know. I, I just think... Or maybe Deshaun Kaiser goes there. Um, Our draft guru, our resident draft guru, Brian Shipley, actually wrote a... He, I asked him to send me a, a couple quick thoughts um, via email when he had a second because we can't have him on for for uh, technical reasons. um And I wish we could, man. Brian's the best at this stuff. so uh Yeah. So, this guy, number- man,
2: I got the... You, you forwarded me the email. It's so in-depth and intense. Like, I, he you know, he's our, um, he's our Mel Kiper basically.
1: Yeah. I always, I always tell him he's so much smarter and better than Todd McShay. It's not even fair that he's, he's spinning his wheels doing the job that he's at and not And I've never met
2: him or, or talked to him, but just judging through the email, he's more likable than Todd McShay too.
1: Right, exactly. Um, so he had a couple of points about Deshaun Kaiser that you really can't, you really can't ignore. So, um, the defense he played with was atrocious and the de- the defensive coordinator got fired mid-year they were so bad on defense he put 47 35 28 27 27 and 31 in some of their losses and uh so basically what he's saying is that he's an absolute playmaker with a massive arm um a lot of his accuracy issues are based on the Brian Kelly system. None of his quarterbacks really are super accurate. And uh, he thinks he can write that stuff in the NFL. See, with me and Brian sort of address this a little bit too. As uh, character concerns, um, he said it doesn't seem to be. He said that seems to be very media driven, and it's not really based on reality. In the sense that he watches a lot of Notre Dame's games, and he watched a lot of Notre Dame press conferences, and he was, and he said that Sean Watson, or excuse me, Deshaun Kaiser, was always quick to defer credit to his teammates and and brian's always been really big on that and i agree with him on some sense that that is something that that is uh important with your quarterback um but at the same time i mean there are a little bit of there's reports from a lot of unnamed scouts that he's the ultimate millennial like he's all about himself and then everybody else after that i mean yeah. colin Cowherd. Well, look was, at those
2: quotes that came out from him saying he was what you know right um, a hybrid of Cam Newton and I forget what other Tom Brady's brain. And yeah. Yeah. Cam Newton's athletic ability or surpasses it. Like you haven't even played one NFL snap, dude, like pump the brakes a little bit. Well,
1: Colin Coward is bitching about him for blowing off the show. Like he is supposed to have him on on Friday and he just blew, he blew the interview off.
2: Oh yeah. That's that. I mean, this is the most important time a couple weeks before the draft. Like that public perception can become everything. Like you just, you know, mind your P's and Q's and just, don't raise these red flags. And that, that can be a red flag. Like, you're not dependable if you just skip out on an interview like that. Like, it, it's, it's worrisome. Teams look teams are looking to dissect every single little thing about you at this point, especially for quarterbacks. Like, they can run through them with a fine-tooth comb. Like, just be more cognizant and be more careful, man. Like, it does worry people.
1: Yeah, definitely. And um, another thing you brought up about Deshaun Watson, I'm actually talking about Deshaun Watson this time, is that – did you know Deshaun Watson in college, and this is this is the first thing that's actually had me a little bit concerned about him, is that he threw to his primary target 85% of the time, which shows real progression yeah. issues. That's insane. Yeah, um, I,
2: I saw that when they played Syracuse. Like, it's just, it's always the first target. Like he just doesn't make his reads. He doesn't look across the field. I mean, they crushed us. They crushed Syracuse in the Dome. And it was always, like, his first primary target. You know, And there were some plays where I'm looking around, and I'm like, dude, there's a running back open under the middle. There's a tight end, you know, off to the side. Like, he's just looking for that big home run ball every time. I mean, he got a lot of them, but in the NFL, it's not going to be as wide open. Like, no. those secondary, those safeties are going to read your eyes, and you see where you're looking.
1: And those windows are definitely a lot tighter. Um, I always like Mike Lombardi from the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, I always liked him. He was like, some guys can throw it through the door, some guys can throw it through the doorknob. Very few quarterbacks can throw it through the keyhole, and those are the special guys. And yeah. um, Aaron
2: Rodgers, Brady, right? Exactly. Brees. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, okay, what? All right, let's just jump to uh, jump to some of the teams that we talk about a lot on the show. First, the Buffalo Bills. Um, I read a couple things that the Bills are going to trade out of the tenth pick, trade down, try to acquire more assets because there's nobody really at the tenth spot that they like. They this is a very very c- cornerback heavy class, which actually serves Buffalo really well because they desperately need cornerback help after losing uh, one of the better ones in the league, Stephon Gilmore, and just rolling with Darby as a number one, who's not a number one. He's a solid player, but he's not a number one corner. Um, also I think trading back for a receiver in one of the worst receiver classes in my lifetime, um, is probably also a good move because I think you can get a guy like John Ross in the mid twenties or Corey, uh, or, um, uh, Mike, Williams. I a blank in the dude? Corey, well, I was going to say Corey Washington, um, oh. or, um, you know, or Mike Williams is probably going to go in the top 10, maybe top 15, but, um, he's a guy that does, does everything right. He doesn't have any real flaws, but there's nothing really that's, Overly special about him outside of his size, he's almost like a Brandon Marshall type. Um, yeah, which but at you're this point, Brandon Buffalo type,
2: needs dependable. Like that's something yes, Buffalo definitely could use. I mean, I'm very. Not,
1: you know your receiving. I'm not against that. No, you know your receiving core is in trouble when you're you're just devastated by Robert Woods leaving. Yeah, and that's Buffalo in a nutshell. So, yeah.
2: and it's the make or break year for Sammy Watkins. I mean, maybe they take their wide receiver for their future. Like maybe. They cut ties with Watkins if he has another injury-plagued, unproductive year.
1: Yeah, and i i don't I don't disagree with that because. Um they for whatever reason like he just cannot stay healthy and I just don't understand it and it's a foot issue it's all these lower body things man and as a Giants fan I watched Akeem Nix go through a lot of the same injuries that that Watkins had and it just derailed his career he lost his explosiveness he lost his ability to separate and Watkins obviously more athletic but that being said he um you know he just Ugh. I don't know. It's just one on of those field, things. Man. He's just a mega talent that can't stay on the field. Yeah. When he's not on the field, he's incredible. When he's not, yeah. it's it's bad times. So And it's I don't know. super
2: aggravating when he's talking about his touches and his catches. And it's like, dude, like you start talking about that a week later, you know, you're an injured reserve or you're out for a couple months. Like stop complaining about how much you get the ball and just be healthy and productive and just shut your mouth.
1: Exactly. Um all right, so uh, Corey Davis. I said Corey Washington. I meant Corey Davis. Corey Washington is a uh, is sort of a uh, practice squad type guy who always looked apart part with the Giants, but never uh, quite was the part, and who ironically is now on the Buffalo Bills. So I met Corey Davis out of Western Michigan. Um. All right. What What do you want your Cowboys to do? What are you looking for them to do in the draft?
2: Defense, 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 man. I uh, I can't stress it enough. I mean, if, um, if Chris Harris is there, the defensive end from uh, Missouri. You know, take them. Just take the best safety, corner, defensive end that's left on the board. Or if there's really nobody and you have to reach, maybe trade back. But just, I hear some people saying, like, oh, we should get another wide receiver. Like, I'm like, no, like, fix that defense. We need to get that pass rush going. That's all I want them focused on. And from all the reports that are out there, that, you know, that's their draft strategy as well to go heavy on defense. They want to get a defensive end, they want to get a safety, they want to get a corner. I'm all for that. Just you know, highest guy on the board that plays DN, safety or corner with the twenty eighth pick, I'm happy with it. You
1: guys you guys did lose um did you guys you guys lost uh uh Terrence Williams, didn't you?
2: No, no, we resigned him. Oh, you did resign Which, him. Okay. Yeah then yeah, that's a stupid. So we're locked up wide receiver. You have pretty good yeah.
1: wide receivers. Cole Beasley, Des Bryant, and Terrence Williams are Cole
2: Beasley is a poor man's um not Amendola what I can't think of his name for the Walker pa- Patriots right now um not Wes Walker no 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 the one now Edelman uh, Ed- uh, Edelman he- he's a poor man's Edelman, oh, yeah, yeah. which is a great compliment to him Edelman's amazing like Beasley is unguardable on third down which is great and the guy for I think he's like five foot eight five foot nine can catch everything thrown to him like the guy's amazing
1: yeah I, I agree with that um yeah i don't think you guys need a receiver i think defense 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 like you said now i wonder yeah. if you guys are a um uh i wonder if you guys are a uh a candidate to trade up do you think so
2: it depends what we have to give up man i it's i think the only like all world talent to trade up for would be miles garrett we're definitely not getting the number one so that's a pipe dream anyways maybe Solomon Thomas, but I just, I, I don't see it, man. I think we'd have to give up too much, and I don't want to just, you know, just give up the future just for one guy. I right. think we need quite a bit in the secondary and DN, so I'd rather just stay put or trade back, if anything.
1: Right, no, I completely understand that. Um, you guys... I
2: mean, we saw the Buffalo Bills do it with Sammy Watkins. How well has that right. turned out? Where
1: are you guys picking? 28th? Yeah, yeah 28th. Um, Interesting. Um, Yeah, I... I definitely think you guys need a uh, defensive back, defensive line help. I think your I think your linebacking core is pretty okay. I don't think you're going to get Rolando McLean back, or I don't think there he's ever going to play in the NFL again. But um, no. but I, I mean, if Sean Lee can have a season like he did last year, I think your linebacking core is pretty yeah. solid.
2: Oh yeah, and if Jalen Smith comes out healthy, I mean that guy's a stud. Got him in the second round. He's basically top ten pick until that uh until that surgery.
1: Yeah, exactly. So um. All right, so what we'll what we're we'll talk about the Giants real quick. I mean, they're they're not really that interesting for the draft, but yeah. I'm I've got them. a question
2: for you. Sure, go ahead. Say he say he falls. How in love are you with Christian McCaffrey if he gets to you? I think you guys are at 21, um, 22. because you guys need running a running. Um, yeah, I I or love say Christian he's Mc- sitting there at nineteen. Do you do you trade up for him?
1: i don't think they trade up for him but i think if he's there which i doubt he will be but i think if he's there i think they'll probably consider taking them i mean i think they'd be out of their skull not to but um the rumor is they're gonna they're gonna sign Legarrett blunt that could happen in the next day or two and i think oh, with yeah. Legarrett blunt and paul perkins i think the running backs are pretty much solidified i mean that's your Ahmad bradshaw and brandon jacobs um and i i really think i really think the, I think the Giants need to go offensive line again, and I just don't think at 23 yeah. there's going to be an offensive lineman worth taking. So, I don't know. It would be interesting to back, see what man. they do. Because, they're. I mean, they really need a linebacker more than – I wouldn't say more than anything. I definitely think – I didn't think the Giants outside of offensive line are actually a pretty complete team. Casillas played nice last year, um, but, I mean, that's – the linebacking core is almost – I don't want to say embarrassing because the defensive, the defensive line and secondary – definitely do a good job of um papering over that disaster. And I think Landon Collins, you know, can play in the box a lot or he can cover he's a lot like Cam Chancellor in that sense. But <clears throat> I really think either linebacker or offensive lineman and I think they're gonna go offensive lineman and I'm drawing a blank on the kid from Utah's name, but I think that's where they're gonna go. Or I read that the tight end from Miami whose name I can't pronounce. Um oh, is another yeah, option. I, um I
2: I know who you're talking about. I have trouble with that guy too. It looks like a stud though. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I agree. Um, maybe maybe interior line too because they did just lose Jonathan Hankins to the Colts. Um, but uh, but yeah, man, I, I don't know. The Giants actually feel pretty good about going into the season, and it's not really a thing where I think the Giants need uh you know help in the draft as much as uh, a lot of other teams um I don't think they have a ton of holes I mean offensive line is really the big one and they should have traded for Joe Thomas in the middle of last year because I think if they do I think their season goes a little bit differently um
2: yeah they need to figure out that LeGarrette blunt signing I mean we're recording right now it's Tuesday the draft is in you know a little over 48 hours like they need to lock that up before the draft so they know what they're doing Right. That locked up and ready to go. Then you don't have to worry about the running back.
1: Right. Speaking of running back, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that uh, Adrian Peterson uh, signed with the uh, Saints today. $3.5 million guaranteed for two years. And I think the escalators are up to, uh, what is it, $12 million
2: or something like that?
1: I know it was. It it might be, yeah. Yeah, it was I did not see the like full that. details. Um,
2: I, people, man, are so in love with like, it's AP, the name. I'm like, dude, the guy's, what, 31, 32 now? Like,. And, you know, he's had injury-plagued careers two out of the last three years. Like, dude, running backs don't get better after 30. Like, I, people people get so in love with, like, the fantasy aspect of it. Oh, it's Adrian Peterson. He's going to be a beast with New Orleans. I'm like, dude, I, I don't see it, man. I don't even think he'll play the entire year. I think he'll just get hurt again. His body's breaking down.
1: Uh, I was way off. Two-year, $7 million deal, 3.5 guaranteed. Um, God, he hasn't been good since 2015. Uh, oh, yeah. hey, a couple of reinstatements, by the way. We got some, um, we got some, uh, some breaking news here. Hold on. I got breaking news, uh, I got a breaking news oh, yeah. sound effect. Hold on. You ready? Oh, shoot. Hold on. Sorry, fans.
2: No, oh, of course. First time you try it.
1: Okay. Um,
2: so right, I feel like news. I'm on the Jersey shore in a club.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, Gabs are here. Martavis Bryant reinstated after a 407-day ban. So, that's big news. Yeah, another for the Steelers, that's
2: huge. Big an, year for Antonio Brown with him.
1: I have Martavis Bryant, my keeper league, just stashed deep on the roster. Um,
2: so <laughs> collecting an, dust.
1: Another one. NFL reinstated. He's collecting
2: this. dust like those ladies in the nursing home.
1: Oh, I don't think there's a lot of dust on those ladies uh, after, after what you heard.
2: <laughs> Old Harold.
1: So, um... This is crazy. NFL Reinstates suspended Cardinals inside linebacker Darrell Washington. Washington has been suspended since May 2014 for violating the league's substance abuse policy. Technically, he's yet to be suspended for his 2013 domestic violence charges. The Cardinals greeted Washington's unexpected return with a lukewarm statement. Considering we have been prohibited from having contact with him over the last three years, it would be premature today to discuss a potential return to the team. Washington turned 30 during his marathon ban and has appeared in 12 games since 2012. In theory, the Cardinals could use Washington's help at inside linebacker, um, but he's a complete mystery at this point. He was a star before suspension. It's quite possible he's granted his release.
2: So this guy hasn't played in four years and the team hasn't talked to him in three? (laughs) You want to talk about the ultimate question mark?
1: (laughs) He literally should just change his body to get shaped like a question mark. Um, yeah, and that question mark is going to look know. fantastic in a Dallas Cowboys jersey. Oh,
2: thanks. I thanks think he's going to go there. Dude, I think hey, he's going to go if, there. It, it, yeah, <laughs> Invite him to camp. See what he can do. See what he's got in him and then go from there. I mean, it's never, never a bad idea to have him at training camp.
1: I agree. Um, Take
2: a shot at it. See what he's got.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's see here. Uh, how com- do
2: you stay motivated in shape after three years to like be in football shape, though? That's a huge question mark. Like, Massive. I-, I, I wonder how
1: he does that as conditioning test. Um, yeah. So, a couple other things we want to talk about. Patrick Mahomes, the other quarterback. Uh, Bill O'Brien seems to be in love with him, uh, but he's uh, a guy man. that could go to the Chiefs under Andy Reid, which if you're a quarterback in this draft, best case scenario, you're drafted by the Chiefs, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, if there's an ultimate like good system to be under, it's you know it's either uh, Andy Reid or Bill Belichick, but just Reid seems to get the most out of his quarterbacks. Man, like the guy knows what he's doing. I mean, look what he does with Alex Smith. Look at Donovan McNabb without him. He just. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But he's barely an NFL player. Uh, granted, yeah. he's a little
1: older, but, man, I do. I would. He. That's a big uh, sort of other side of the what if. Donovan McNabb, if he never got drafted by the Eagles, never got drafted by Andy Reid, because I would love to know what his career turned out to be because he wasn't overly accurate um, and didn't get a lot of help. I mean, if you look at Donovan McNabb's career, not exactly a huge numbers guy, except for the one year he had a motivated – to that wasn't doing sit-ups in his driveway. That yeah. year he was incredible, and I'd argue that To should have been the MVP that year. I forget. I think Peyton Manning won it that year. Um, and no, that also might have that might have that also might have been the year that Peyton Manning threw for forty-nine touchdowns, and that was the single-season yeah. touchdown record at the time. But that being the To
2: headache might have been the cause to lead mcdab down the down the ways of the bottle too. And I don't feel bad about taking a shot at a former Syracuse player when you get. Busted for what? Two DWIs or two DUIs? You're going to kill yeah. somebody.
1: Yeah, now I'm with you. Um, He never really was in incredible shape either, either, Donovan McNabb. Uh, So I think this Patrick Mahomes guy, if he's best case scenario, he's an in-shape Donovan McNabb, then he's definitely worth a uh, first-round pick. And if you're the Chiefs and you can get him in, uh, I think they pick in the uh, early 20s, I think if you can get him in the early to mid-20s, I think that's an absolute steal. The Texans, man, I heard a funny thing today. I was listening to the, uh, I think it was the Ringer NFL show, and uh, they were talking about the Bills, and they were saying like, they didn't oh understand how how the Bills don't think Tyrod Taylor is a good quarterback and how happy Bill O'Brien and uh, he said, uh, I think their exact thing was, um, oh, God, what the hell is the Bills' GM name? I'm, I'm trying to forget. Doug Whaley. They said Doug Whaley should call the Texans' GM Rick Smith and just yeah. talk to him about uh, what their quarterback situation is like and then go back and look at Tyrod Taylor and smile because you actually have a good quarterback, but but Buffalo doesn't seem to think so for some Strange reason um, yep. I think You know who the
2: Rob- Bills are going to take at number 10 I already, I, I, predict this I'll bet whatever it takes at, at With the number 10 pick In the 2017 NFL Draft The Buffalo Bills will take Jack Eichel Yeah uh, <laughs> That it would be the most Buffalo thing ever to do They're like oh, oh he's already great with the Sabres Let's put him under center <laughs> with the Bills too
1: He is so Skinny and flimsy he would die he would absolutely yeah. die. Um, I'm not a big. I'd hockey. love to
2: see someone rip that goofy hair off his head. I'm not a big hockey
1: guy, but just as an example as to why we made the Bills eulogy uh, podcast, just some of the Bills fans and their just crazy idiocy. Uh,
2: Episode number 25, by the way, you can go back and listen to it.
1: That's crazy. It was uh, it was 14 episodes ago, but um, the. Uh, i had a bill i had a huge buffalo guy sabers bills you know chicken wings freaking nasty molson beer guy go tell me that jack eichel was a better hockey player than connor mcdavid
2: i i don't even think he's a better player than austin matthews for the maple leafs right now i mean let's the proof's in the pudding mcdavid and matthews are in the playoffs this year where was buffalo
1: they're doing exactly what we're doing right now that's nothing so yeah playing golf not with the weather we've had today. um, But, yeah, that being said, like, the Bills, can you fucking realize that you have a good quarterback for fucking once? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? I, dude, I just feel bad for Tyrod. They're trying to run him out of town. It's like, what uh... are you doing? Doug Whaley, I... He has to be gone after the draft. I mean, he just has to. Be.
2: He should be gone before the draft. If you're going to fire your general manager, why would you wait till after the draft? Well, don't let him be in the war room and have control over anything. I don't think Why he would you does. let this guy draft players that are supposed to be with your team for the next three, four, five years, maybe more, well, and you give him control in the draft room? You're insane. Well,
1: here's the thing. The Bills
2: are insane.
1: Well, here's the thing. I think that he's been doing so much of the – I'm throwing up hard, hard air quotes. I think that the Bills have been doing – he's been doing a lot of the scouting and he's got had his hand on a lot of these guys and he knows a lot about them and I think when they're in the war room they're gonna want his input but I don't think he's making the decision I think McDermott is making all the decisions I think he won the power struggle within the organization and rightfully so Whaley's made some okay draft picks but he is not come on it's let's stop let's stop pretending we're the reincarnate of Bill in here like realize that the best quarterback that you've had since Jim Kelly is Tyrod Taylor. Don't fucking give me Drew Bledsoe. Don't give me Doug Flutie. Don't give me Rob Alex Johnson. Van Pelt. Alex Van Pelt. <laughs> Billy Jill Tolliver, who got fired because he didn't know the damn plays. Um, Trent Edwards. Oh, God. JP Lawson. Just rattle right off the list. Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick's in the top four best quarterbacks. Your piece of shit fucking organization has had. <laughs> Jesus Fitzy. Christ, man. god God. and this isn't a shot at my bills fan friends either you guys would have to definitely agree that the ralph wilson era all you bastards all you guys that said oh i can't wait for ralph to die so we can get some uh some new people in here blah 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 all have the freaking rcw freaking stickers all over your damn car you you (laughs) pricks you're fucking cheering when they 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 built that they had that damn gold ralph wilson Plaque on the inside of the stadium, and you're the all all the other idiots that are crying.
2: "Ah, They changed the stadium name from Ralph Wolf to the New
1: Era. Fuck off! You're an actual legitimate NFL franchise. Get your (laughs) fucking shit together, you pieces of fuck you,
2: Bon Jovi.
1: Oh well, yeah, that's that makes me happy too. And again, this isn't a shot at the Bills fans, man. Hey, it's ridiculous because like you guys, you're just so. You know what? Let me apologize for everything I just said. Let's also, go Buffalo. You haven't made the playoffs this century, so I feel really
2: playoffs. bad. And we're, we're playoffs
1: your playoff drought can buy cigarettes and 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 do, play the lottery, like you're pretty close to being able to drink Bills playoff drought. So um,
2: <laughs> poor Bills fans, they could be playing uh, Scrabble, and you can give them every letter of playoffs but one, and they they still won't be able to make it.
1: It's sad, man. It's just sad because this is actually a really awesome fan base. Like Amazing. It's Most an loyal amazing fan base fan. in football. Right. Hands down. And that's the problem. You poor people are so loyal to the team that's just beating you. You're like that chick yeah. that gets the shit kicked out of her and then she <laughs> and then she stays with the guy. I just feel it's bad.
2: So- it's the ultimate toxic relationship. They're the most loyal fan base, hands down. Like Raider Nation, you can sit down. It's Bills Mafia by far. It is
1: Bills like, Mafia.
2: I love. Yeah, they'll put you through a flaming table.
1: I read uh, the best tailgating, the best tailgate um, uh, stadiums in the, in the in the league. Buffalo was number two behind the Texans. I was like, "You've nah, been around since two thousand two. You've but... been around since two thousand two. Stop it, Bills yeah, fan And let's been...
2: factor into the crappy weather, mm-hmm. the crappy team, the fact that they're again, playing again. I feel like I had to uh, mention the weather twice because, dude, if you've ever been to a game in Buffalo, it sucks in December. We got a snowstorm on so on April third. Yeah, it's. I lived there for two years. Bill lives there now. Buffalo is a sad, depressing town. It's literally gray outside right now. Two dozen nice days a year. It's depressing. That's why everyone just drinks and eats chicken wings. They want to die earlier. Buffalo Mm. makes you want to die.
1: You know what's funny is that a lot of people in this town they buy two-door rear-wheel drive sports cars. And um They and do
2: eighty on the ninety in a snowstorm. No, 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 they
1: don't do that. They actually they have their they have their awesome sports car and then the other nine months of the year they're driving a shitty Ford expedition because yeah. they can't take the nice one out because the roads That's are always what covered in snow. They're
2: doing eighty on the ninety in a snowstorm is in the expedition. Yeah,
1: they're doing it in the expedition. So uh all right, Tony, what else you got?
2: Oh man, well the yeah, I think we've beaten the Bills to death. <laughs> I don't... Oh, man, I'm... You should cut all that out. uh, Yeah. No, oh, God, no. We leave it in. We don't edit anything. No, I think I'm pretty good with the draft, man. I'm just excited. And like we said last week, man, we're going to do another uh, episode Friday night during, uh, you know, the second round, try to do it live as the draft's going on. And we'll give our thoughts on the first round, too. But, I mean, I'm just excited. I'm ready to go for the draft Thursday night. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And this is just so crazy, too, because we talked about, you know, what are we going to do when the NFL season's over? What are we going to talk about in the podcast? And every podcast since the Super Bowl, we've still talked the NFL. If you go on ESPN's website, like the top, I think, five or six of the headlines are about the NFL. It's amazing how they just they become 24 7, 365. They just dominate the headlines in sports. It's awesome. Yeah,
1: they absolutely do. Um...
2: Oh, and we didn't even talk about the schedule release. How, how pumped. A can you be for those week one games, those matchups? You got – you you kick off with the Patriots in Kansas City. You got your Giants versus my Cowboys Sunday Night Football. You've got the Seattle Seahawks going to Lambeau to face Green Bay. And then on Monday Night Football, you now have the New Orleans Saints with Adrian Peterson returning to the Minnesota Vikings. Like, th- dude, that's four amazing games week one right off the bat.
1: That is nuts, actually. That That is nuts. And I got – abnormally hyped, I mean, abnormally to normal human beings, not to like, you know, hardcore football fans are the type of people that would listen to this podcast, but like for the people like my wife, she's like, can you please stop? Because, you know, I real, I just want to enjoy my summer. And I'm like, Football! <laughs> Go It's like I'm thirty three years old. I have a man Oh uh! Yeah, I know I, God. Eli! It's like calm down. Don't Bill don't be weird sports guy. just don't be weird sports guy. Yeah,
2: I say that into I'm, a
1: podcast that I uh, that I do for free, by the way. Um yeah, so yeah.
2: I'm now single weird sports guy, so I love it. I have nothing but time on my hands. It's it's great. Your hands come are to the dark, filled with come time. Come to the dark side, Bill.
1: Alright, so uh let's get a little personal <laughs> here, Tony. How's yeah. the single life treating you? We got nine minutes to burn. We're not gonna talk about the NBA playoffs until the next episode or one of these episodes coming up. So let's uh let's just burn these last nine minutes with some just uh just fun banter. Um, okay. how's the single life treating you? How's how's Tinder?
2: <laughs> Way to call me out on that one. Uh Tinder's good. Uh and you can, is good.
1: You can find tony on tinder at tony didicola <laughs> that's d-i-n-i-c-o-l-a yeah,
2: I'm... <laughs> I'm the dude with a big beard holding my dog because i read somewhere that having dogs in your photos gets you more likes
1: <laughs> what about your face these and... you, your face and photos help with that or should you just have the dog
2: oh yeah i should just have the dog <laughs> yeah oh god at least your t- <laughs>
1: two front teeth touch
2: i'm such a piece of shit yeah <laughs> i love it so um <laughs> dude can you guess like how many messages back and forth it takes before i mention the fact that i have a hot tub probably i was like is that your le- <laughs> maybe 0.5 maybe
1: <laughs> 2.5 oh uh i was gonna say what's the population of your hot tub like how many uh how many how many uh wicks have been dipped in there
2: uh, how many wicks you could fit four comfortably, sure, or or uh, two and a half if I have a you know, a rather fluffy girl in there. Fluffy,
1: uh, all right. Um, I
2: don't like to call them fat, that's mean, fluffy. that is mean spirited. I
1: got gotcha. you, soft
2: little cushion for the pushing, doughy. Yeah,
1: I got gotcha.
2: you. I'll fine. tell you what, though, guys, I'm speaking directly to gentlemen right now. Women, <laughs> gentlemen, you know, have you ever talked gentle-
1: <laughs> what is this douchebag gentleman here?
2: yeah douchebag to other douchebags ladies earmuffs okay you tell your wife earmuffs if you've never had a fat chick you gotta give it a try man just once all right it's like riding a moped you know don't let your buddies catch you riding it but uh, they're fun as hell man just dude everybody once in their life you gotta give it a shot and i'll tell you what bigger girls they they try harder um they uh they could they they've mastered the old fashioned. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's a little bit of self love with with the hand. All right, all
1: right. You know what? I really regret opening up this damn can of worms. Does Pandora go back in the box? For, <laughs> for
2: the heck's sake, no, man! It does not. Jeez. Um. Uh, but yeah, if you're in the Syracuse area, specifically Camillus, if you're driving through Camillus and you set your um your distance meter to five miles or less, uh, chances are pretty good, ladies, you'll uh, you'll come up on my picture, me and my dog. My beard, my dog, and I. So feel free. Hit that like. Hit that super like, even, you know? Who knows? I'll take you out to a nice dinner at Moe's and bring you back to the hot tub.
1: Moe's! Because all women want Mexican food uh, (laughs) before that.
2: Dude, listen. Listen, I got the Moe's app. I get points every time I go there. Like, why not two for one if the date doesn't go If I was saying, oh, this
1: would be mine, it's like, yeah, ladies, uh, swing by the house. Make sure to eat an onion before you come over. Uh, (laughs) Really get that stomach feeling. No, no
2: onions. No onions. Yeah, no. But yeah, dude, kill two birds with one stone. You know, I, I get some delicious food at Moe's. I earned some bonus points toward a free record burrito down the road. And, you know, I get to see where it goes with a potential lady. Um,
1: <laughs> Jesus. You know what? I thought I was going to hear this and, and, and uh, you know, live sort of vicariously through you. But now you're... You're, you've strengthened my marriage even more because this sounds yeah. terrible.
2: You know what? We're I've already put everything out on the table. Let us let me tell you about a fun story that happened to me years ago. Oh, my right. God. All right. Yes. All right. The, this is maybe six years ago. My ex girlfriend. Okay, just uh, hold on.
1: Hold on. Let me remind yes. you this is a podcast that if you ever have children, they may or may not hear.
2: Yeah, this story is going to get kind of graphic. So if you've got kids in the room, oh, this will be the part where you turn it off God.
1: On. Make sure you put an E next to the. Go ahead.
2: Go ahead. Explicit. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, you know, I'm with my uh, my girlfriend at the time. We're living together. Um, we have our two well, my now two awesome dogs that are still here. You know. Oh, by the way, too, I'll put pictures of them out on Twitter at tonyqs 44 at UnderTheHoodies. I have two gorgeous pit bull dalmatians. They're the cutest goddamn dogs you've ever seen. And if you disagree with me, then you hate dogs, and I hate you. So uh, back to the story. We are uh, in the bedroom. It's late at night, and we're getting romantical, if you will. And uh, you know, I, we get into the uh, dog position. I'm behind her, you know, giving her my three inches of fury, and um, you know, we're we're into it. I'm I'm ready to uh, to reach the grand finale, if you will. And right during that exact moment, my dog Rocco, unbeknownst to me, jumps up on the bed and manages to stick his snout right in my back door. Just cold, wet dog nose. Right on the uh, right on the old dirt star, so uh, yeah. Needless to say, that stopped any momentum I had, even though I had very little to begin with. And you know, one of the few times in my life I've actually yelled at my dogs. Uh, you know, bad boy, go lay down. Not cool. You should have played bad dog. You should have played this. <laughs> so yeah. Um, Oh, also, gentlemen, not only have you do you need to try a fat chick, but
1: <laughs> if you get into races right now, I'm freaking. You're editing this out. I'm just shutting the I'm left. Not, up. I'm sending you my half.
2: I'm not getting into races, but okay. You know, if good you're, God. If, you're, if if you're hooking up with like a bigger girl or exper- experimental girl, you know, let let her use her tongue back there once in a while. Just, just, you know, just... go <laughs> see if you might like it. Who knows. Once, once in a while, a little, a little something extra. It ain't so bad. Doesn't make you gay. Just makes you open-minded.
1: For any of you that have seen the movie Get Out, we're officially in the sunken place. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is the dark recesses of my mind. This is this fun? I feel
1: like we should definitely explore that more. Um, maybe this will turn into Dr. Phil. Uh, I
2: can't wait to hype this episode out. Be like, oh... Learn about uh, Tony's dark-sided past or something Tony never wanted you to know. I'm
1: glad the people that would judge me don't listen to this, a la my in-laws or... Or, or anybody I know, really. I think a lot of them just download it for me, or I download it on my wife's phone, but she'll never listen to this. Although I haven't said anything too incriminating. I actually still feel bad about those Bills comments a little bit. But again, that wasn't directed towards the fans. It was just towards the organization and the dumb yeah. fans that think that uh, they're Buffalo, uh, the, the bias Bills fans, which there's bias fans everywhere. I mean, like me, Eli Manning's the greatest quarterback that's ever lived. He's great. He's great. My impressions suck. I was trying to do Morgan Freeman earlier. Yeah. It was terrible.
2: You know what, though? Bill's Mafia can relate with me with the whole the whole backdoor thing. I mean, you had that dude at the tailgate uh, butt funneling out of that underage chick.
1: Oh, my God. I can't believe she was 17. And the best part about that is that guy had a warrant out, and that's how police caught him. Moran. Yeah, Yeah,
2: that's, that's pretty funny. Oh, my Let, let's God. Let's be honest, too. I mean, I'm not trying to be weird about it. Yeah, she was 17, but the girl was bodied up girl was doing crossfit or something yeah because she took full advantage of that planet fitness membership oh my
1: god yeah because your metabolism is a lot higher when you're a freaking child
2: yeah good you point. can
1: eat whatever you want
2: <laughs> when you're a child why you gotta make it weird dude
1: because she's half my age
2: oh yeah good point
1: point. and your age your age yeah. your age what year were you born
2: 1985 I'm that 31. girl was
1: born in 2000
2: in the year wow. 2000 <laughs>
1: You want to know some uh, you want to know a couple of things that are older than her? Yeah. The Matrix? The song getting oh, jiggy yeah. with it? The Blair Witch Project? <laughs> the Bills playoff drought?
2: Oh. <laughs> Justin oh. Bieber. Um. Ouch. A lot. Wait, when was Usher. When was our boy Nate born? He's what, 22 now? 22? So he was born uh, that would so make he was 8 him. years old. So he was born in like 93, 94?
1: 94. 94, 95, yeah, somewhere around there.
2: Oh, so he barely remembers the last Bills playoff game, too. He was, like, four years old. Music City Miracle.
1: Yeah, that was a forward pass for all you Bills fans out there. That was the most obvious forward pass. It's one of the more obvious penalties I've ever seen in my life, and uh, yeah, they don't call it weird. You know
2: what would be amazing if – um, because, I mean, the way they showed it on, you know, on the tape, it didn't look like a forward pass, but I feel like there's some kind of, like, perception, like, manipulation weird thing, like – I want to hear, like, Neil deGrasse Tyson or even, like, the sports science guys, like, dissect that. How, like, you know, maybe the curvature of the lens makes it look like it's not a forward pass. Like, I'd be awesome if they could go in on that.
1: You're, like, a flat earther. Like, one of those earth truthers or whatever the hell. Like, if the earth wasn't round, then how would that pass be a forward pass?
2: Yeah. Do me a favor. If you're listening to this podcast (laughs) and you think the earth is flat, kill yourself.
1: We're not advocating suicide on this, but... um, I am. uh, Uh, We don't need
2: those people reproducing seriously it is yourself. one of
1: those things that's really where the people believe like it's uh i don't know man I, i'm not a fan of conspiracy theories how theorists. come in
2: every picture they ever take of earth it looks flat because it's two-dimensional you moron
1: yeah that is weird um all right other thing we will uh you know what let's save the aaron hernandez stuff because i actually have to go so um basically aaron I hernandez left people two, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why why am I even trying to talk sports at this point? Good (laughs) lord. We are... Aaron
2: Hernandez apparently allegedly did some backdoor stuff with a fellow inmate yeah i
1: guess it is uh prudent to this uh prudent to this uh this conversation yeah so those two letter are the three letters that he left to his wife to his fiance to his daughter and to his gay lover and this guy is apparently his gay lover since high school and they think did that you see Oden- these photos of him too that you um they they uh, yeah. apparently tattooed
2: up looking douchebag
1: olden lloyd i guess knew about it and was going to expose him and that's actually the a lot of the reason they think that he killed him um yeah. but uh but yeah that's uh we'll, we'll get into that at some point so tony i really can't wait to get paid for this podcast it is going to be awesome but i think after this episode it's not we're never gonna get paid but although, yeah. if you ever listen to the fighter and the kid, even just the stuff they're talking about today with uh, waxing in certain areas, I think that that uh, I think if they're getting paid, we're not as funny as them quite yet. But um, if they're getting paid, then hey, maybe there is hope for us.
2: Yeah, who knows? I hold out hope. As long as you people are entertained, that's all I care about. And please hit us up on Twitter. Give us your feedback. He is at Bill K Eagle. I am at Tony forty four. You can find the show at Under the Hoodies. You know, feel free, go back, listen to some of the old episodes. We did a great one, uh, number 25, Bill's Mafia. Number 28, Giants Pride. Uh, the Aaron Hernandez one from last week, which, uh, you know, got us some, um, got us our first uh, death Twitter threat. troll. The which death is threat, bro. Yeah, yeah, I, oh, guy told me to kill myself dude, Aaron if, Hernandez. Dude, if it's that correct.
1: isn't something that Reels and sponsors, Shout I don't know what Shout out to that guy. Yeah. Love that guy. Yeah, I do too. I'm a huge fan of his work. Um, yeah,
2: but hit us up. We want to interact with you guys. Hit us up on Facebook under the Hoodies Podcast. Uh, hit me up on Snapchat Q's 44 Hit him up at uh, what's yours, Bill? Bill K Eagle. Yeah, yeah. Just hit us up. I mean, feel free. Good, bad, and different. We want to get your feedback. Let us know what you think. How we can be better? How we can be worse? <laughs> I think Tony we're already talking worst about thing. his sex stories.
1: Oh God. Um. Yeah. 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 Uh, you will never be getting any of those out of me, I don't think. Um, you know, on the off chance uh, I get divorced, uh, then that would be the only way. But even still, maybe I don't because I do have a kid that I have to think about. So uh, and uh, yeah. yeah, so I don't even really me. have any weird ones um, that would even be worth telling on the show. So that's a plus. But um,
2: oh, I've got a plethora, dude. Don't you worry? Oh,
1: you know what? I lied. I do. Well, I it wasn't it wasn't a sex story, but it was a girl. Um, who uh who was a narcoleptic and uh started sleepwalking <laughs> and uh almost fell down her stairs so um basically i i i shut her in a in a bedroom and got out of there because if she fell down the stairs and i was the only one in the house uh and she was just <laughs> it looked like i thrown her down the stairs so i locked her in her bedroom and just got the hell out of the house and mind you this is right after i saw the dark knight so um I was uh, I was pretty hyped up, had a lot of energy, and uh, but yeah, man, that that had bad times written all over it because I didn't sleep that entire night. So I went and saw the midnight showing of the Dark Knight. Was on an R and R from my rack, and uh, and yeah, so <laughs> she uh, I, I was her DD, or well, I wasn't even yeah, I guess I was technically her DD. She lived right around the damn corner, and I'll just say nothing really happened. Um, between us, because she was way too drunk, and I, you know, to me, and I was sober, and it just felt weird and wrong to me. Um, I have morals, unfortunately, for me, um, but. Anyway, I stayed there with her because I don't. She, I know because she had some alcohol uh, dependency issues, and uh, so I was like, "All right, let me just stay here. You know, be I'll be the the decent guy with blue balls." And um, yep, yeah, she was walking around in the middle of the night just sleepwalking. I was like, "Yep, all right, locking her in the bedroom, getting the f out of here," because I was not about to get a uh, get charged with attempted murder or assault. So I
2: had to leave that situation. So. If you ever I hook when up you with mentioned a girl, she was narcoleptic, I thought you were gonna say like, "Oh, I'm I'm sorry, I don't know what happened." You know, she she fell asleep, on my penis just somehow entered her mouth. She like she's narcoleptic. All I'm right, Tony, involved. you're editing this part. Honestly, from Market 105.30, Come on, nope. Come on, bro. I got another this, quick story oh for you. Oh you my
1: god, will you tell them? I have to go.
2: A terrible one. All right. All right. Uh, I went to a party with this chick. We hooked up. You know, making out. Blah blah blah. This is a long time ago. And uh, we're driving back, and she's giving me the old uh, road Billy Joel, if you know what I mean. And uh, <laughs> as I'm driving on 81, it's the middle of a snowstorm, and she's giving me the old. And um, she happens, she's so drunk, she happens to pass out, you know, during mid. And uh, you know, old Tony, being the upstanding gentleman that he is, may have uh, grabbed her by the back of the head, and right, tried to man, work her like a God, real doll. Yeah.
1: Bro, all right, you know what? All right, we're into the podcast. I have a sack of shit. I'm sorry. TonyQs44, that's at TonyQs44. Follow Tony at TonyQs44. Follow the show. Do whatever you want. I don't care. We need to come back with a better episode next week, or next uh, next episode, which is on Friday. Um, this has just gone off the damn rails. I'm, I'm over. I'm already late for what I have to do, so... Uh... Uh, Tony, I'm glad. You know what? I hope you're happy. This is the show that you've always wanted. I really. It is. I it know. Really I know is. it is.
2: You're <laughs> trying so hard to avoid this. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I love you, buddy.
1: That's Tony DeNicola. Excuse me, you. Mr. <laughs> officer.
0: One, i